Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, uh, Jared Brandon. <laughs> because of Jared. That. Never gets old. Hey, everybody, it's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you're <laughs> listening to our show, <laughs> Guitar Knobs podcast. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I love doing welcome. this. And I love doing this with these uh, couple of jugheads here, too. Uh, Speaking of jugheads, (laughs) there's a soft intro for you. Who do we have on the line right now? Is that my cue? That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, My name is Steve. (laughs) My name is Steve. Steve. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. Um... (laughs) Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, the reluctant Mr. Steve Demidash is, uh, is at this point in time unwilling to show his flying colors of Demidash effects. And uh, we're really thrilled that he's on the show again. He's been on before. Uh, Tony is right now going to check what episode that was. I will check on you. Because um, I can't keep track of them all. But in the meantime, while Superbrain Wonderhead is looking that up, uh, we are going to have a fantastic show because Steve has uh, got a lot of things cooking, and uh, it's just been a while since we talked to them. So um, we uh, we want to just uh, you know hear a little bit about what's going on. Uh, Steve is famous for. Go ahead and tell me what you're famous for, Steve. <laughs> I love it. I um, love it. I I make a delay pedal called the T120. I make a chorus uh, analog modulation pedal called the T60, mm-hmm. and a fuzz called the Spadola. I've been running a guitar what, pedal company what, for about four years. What about the uh, preamp thing, my Bob? Preamp? Um, that one's on the back burner right now. I like it, but it but it's been out. You you you've made it. You were known for it. It got a lot of great reviews. Tell them what it is. Just tell them. Uh, the 112 uh, plus preamp. That's right. The thing is, it went through a crazy evolution. Like, so from the time it was released to now, mm-hmm. it is so different. So I kind of just put the brakes on it because I don't really want to continue making and pushing it until I kind of know what I want to do with it. I might, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That one, some of that is uh, the result of just availability on certain components. No, that it's more the result of experimentation. And <laughs> hey, Dorothy, um, you got to watch the poppies over there, okay? Will you? Uh, who's that? <laughs> so, That's Steve, Todd, if I might interrupt, yes, that would be episode one hundred and fifty-four from December of twenty nineteen. Over pre-COVID, that's that's, that's over 120 episodes ago. Yes, and speaking of 120, that's we discussed the demo dash T120, the 112 plus overdrive, and and how Steve saved an owl. That is true. That's I remember that. That was you should. It happened to you. Well, uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> considering the things I don't remember, yeah. I'm I'm happy I remember that. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, anyways, uh, go back and listen to that one because it was a pretty fun time, and yes. um, we're gonna have an even better one this time. How about that? So uh, let's find out what's going on. Uh, we got a couple of announcements. 
That's right. We need to thank Road Mics for hooking us up with this fantastic audio equipment. The Roadcaster Pro, the Procaster Mics, and our articulating arms. All the good stuff comes yes. to us. Thank you. Indeed. Nick. Indeed. And if you are making content of any kind, I highly suggest you check out Road. They are making fantastic products for all kinds of content making needs. You don't have to be a professional. You don't have to have a channel. If you're just making stuff, even if it's yourself. What if you make output? You What? <laughs> you really threw me off there. I was genuinely surprised. I didn't know what to say. How about a deliverable? Yeah, do that. Uh, anyway, so thanks, Road. Um, I also wanted to share a real quick something here. We had, um, you know, we've had a couple of giveaways as of late. Yes. Gave away a lovely hat from hat. Gullet Guitar Co. And a hat? I gave away two two pouches of honey picks mm. swarm variety pack ah uh. those you know those are all handmade picks so like you get a whole a whole sack of them is pretty amazing yes. if i do say so myself awesome. and uh we got uh we got a little kickback here and it says so that one of those went to a richard kendall and he mm. says um uh, and that was for winning the the honey picks he says wow fantastic thank you so much just wanted to let you know your podcast is still a small sliver of joy in my sometimes very challenging week. Big hugs to you, Tony and Jared. <laughs> Hope you're all doing well. Well, thank you so much, Richard. Um, yes. And we truly appreciate your support of our show. And, yes, sir. you know, we used to do giveaways to, you know, just like we'd put it out on Instagram and be like, hey, we're going to do a giveaway. And then it would take an immense amount of work to filter down to people that weren't even listening to the show sometimes, mm -hmm. which is, I'm like, no, not doing that. So, um, Only the true believers. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got right. great supporters. And yeah, so I say, Hey, if we get anything that we're going to give away, it's going to these people. So that's what we do. And if you're into winning some cool stuff and want to support a great show, that's us, then do that. And we're going to tell you how to do that at the end, but you can also go to patreon.com forward slash guitar knobs. If you want to head us off at the pass. So anyways, um, <laughs> that's that. And, uh, let's find out what's going on in our music world this week. We're going to start off with Tanya Belonsky sitting right across from me. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to check in with Steve Demi dash up in Winnipeg. Ah, good, good city. Canada. Good city. Eh? Yeah. Okay, so in uh, my music world this week, um, I was reminded of how um, frustrating making nuts can be for guitars. Oh, yes. So, like the ones that hang off the back when you drive? Oh, guitars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, the actual piece that keeps the strings in place up near the tuning machines. Yeah. Um, so I'm working on a couple of guitars and uh, so I, I, the first nut came out okay, except I ended up not being thrilled with the spacing. So I said, nah, it's a start over. So it's not worth it. If it ain't right, you just yeah, do it again. Just do it again. So I, I've been bringing in, uh, both all parts in WD cell, uh, pre-slotted nuts which is actually helpful if you're not sure of where you want to put your strings and you have kind of a standard instrument. ASMR break. <sighs> nice. That's pretty good. That's going to get me a 9PA. Um, so so, um, so I, I did that. 
and I, I had one and I, it was pre-slotted and I was happy with the string spacing. And then, um, I mean, I don't know what I, I, I was, I, I, either I was in a hurry, but as anyone who's made a nut or several nuts know, um, all it takes is one or two strokes of the file too much and you're done. So, so this, this week, uh, the day that I was Where doing this. Where were you fouling? Uh, the in my back on my bench no 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 no. not where we that's not southern for filing (laughs) where are we filing i thought you were just (laughs) no i thought you had a mini stroke or something (laughs) i mean when where are you like fouling the creation of it is it on the the radius is it the string depth is it the string width it's a string depth in this case the the, the nut that i blew was the depth and and uh, and that's what I did. And usually I'm I'm kind of more careful. I'll use feeler gauges to kind of stop myself before I do that. And I did that most of the way. And then I restrung it. And then I said, ah, I think you can go just another little bit more. And of Ooh, course, boom, yeah, yeah. boom, you're done. Yeah. So um, I stopped, and I decided that I'm either going to take it over to Sean or Chase and just say do this for me that's the most for us for me and, and and i love doing other things on guitars um i i even enjoy doing fret work now yeah uh but it when it comes to the nut i just i don't know it's I, an art man it is there's a lot there is a lot that goes into making it right and and anyone and you even know, the best of them can yeah, mess it up absolutely talk to any repair shop or luthier and you know there are days um, and sometimes it's the material too. So if it, it, it just a little bit You're soft in one nut? spot. Yeah. I always yeah. use bone. Nut. Now I, I have a question about necks. Yes. Okay. So I've got a guitar and like, I haven't strung it in a long time. It's probably been years. I put some strings on it and it seems like the neck's a bit twisted. Uh-huh. Is that just cut? Like, is that something you can undo or is it kind of like when you kind of twist the chassis of the car, it's kind of like you can't really square it back up. It depends on how badly it's twisted. Generally speaking, if you get a twist, in other words, you know, it's the, the neck twists in such a way so that it um, maybe like the lower strings are too high and the upper strings are too low. It's the upper strings are kind of like touching somewhere. Uh, okay. Yeah. <sighs> Truth be told, there's only one fix for that. And that is to take out the frets, replane the board, and start over. Um, I mean, that, if it's that severe. Um, or buy could, another could, neck. Well, could... Yeah. Now, it would a... If you... Because I'm a luthier. <laughs> but couldn't couldn't you sort of like you know when you get kicked in the, kicked in the head by a mule and you forget everything if you get kicked in the head again by the mule and you remember everything so if so you just humidified it, it for another five years and and had and had it on on braces uh, no a twist is uh, really uh, difficult all the luthiers are, are like clawing their faces off right now but i, I, I mean that's, it that's layman's logic here i'm not i'm not saying that's what happens i'm guessing I don't it know. depends on what wood it is it depends on how severe the twist is well it's a if it's a, it's a travis bean guitar so oh is that what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that will never twist <laughs> because it's aluminum yeah. As we like to say. Do you guys say aluminium up there or is it aluminum? No, like, that's like, an English thing. Yeah, because there's no extra. Which actually makes sense because like all the uh, elements in that run periodic table end in EM. So it should be aluminium, but, but that sounds not. dumb. So what? Yeah. yeah. It's aluminium. Anyways, 
Go ahead. So, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you, I mean, if it's a maple neck, and the maple almost never twists, but it, but it can, I guess. It depends on how dry the wood is when they cut it, and and yeah. you know. The one I'm talking things. about, it was like a PV EXP that I got in like 2005. So I'm, mm. you know, if it's. It's not the end of the world if it's... Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, it's worth a try. I mean, there are tricks that you can do. I mean, you know, you can adjust the height at the bridge of each individual string um, to kind of compensate with that. But it's it's really tough. And if, if, the, if the twist is like in the middle of the neck, like at the fifth or seventh or ninth fret, it's going to be really difficult because it'll play well in one position and it'll fret out in another, you know, as you work your way up the neck. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, what I find is like as a person with ADHD, it's like... The, the the calculus on whether or not to do it is is this something I want to like get fully invested in and lost in for like a week, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like yeah. with disregard for everything else? And the answer is no. I, I don't care that much. Correct right. is the answer. And at the end of the day, it's it's just a PV. What guitar was this on, Tony? Uh well, I'm, I well the one that I made a mess of t- uh, was uh, my Meteora. So it's a Fender Ooh, style. Yeah, you want. Yeah, that's your new one. You got to do that right. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's so it it'll be you know yeah. it'll be it'll be fine once somebody else does yeah. the work. <laughs> so so you're gonna put brass locking nuts on that then? Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah. and a Floyd Rose. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, uh, Steve. What's going on in your music world? Well, uh, so I got a bunch of assembled circuit boards. Recently, so I've spent the past week or two just putting things together. It's just been monotonous. I've been listening to podcasts and just putting things together. It's been nice. But um, creatively, before that, I've got about five projects on the go right now. So that's that's nice. That's nice. With the part shortage, it's tough to predict when they'll come out. But I'm um, hoping early next year for the first of them. Now, are you finding uh, being in Canada that... Um, you're able to get, you have better access than if you were in no. the U.S.? No. No, it's the same, but with more expensive shipping. Ah. Yeah, so I had to um, restock on my printed shipping, you know, the boxes I put the pedals in. Uh-huh. Um, you and do a nice job with those. Those look great. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I designed the, I designed them like, like three years ago. I kind, They're kind of an homage to an album I really like, the Titus Andronicus uh, local business album. Uh, mm. It's kind of like, you know, cream script on a back background. I really like that. So, and I kind of felt, felt that fit with my brand. Um, so, yeah, like that's, I really like them. I was thinking about doing a redesign, but honestly, there's nothing I would like more than what how they already are. So, fantastic film, by the way, Titus, uh, starring Anth- Sir Anthony Hopkins. Incredible, oh. incredible film. Like uh, 95? I listened, I listened to this audiobook about. Um, the Spider-Man musical, who is, which was uh, directed by the same person who directed that film, I believe. Oh, that's that, but... the same person that did the uh, all the art for the um, lions, the the Lion King, yeah, the uh, Lion musical. King yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for right. the actual musical. Jamie, Jimmy Tamor or something. Yeah, Julie Tamor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was that was a really weird tangent we just went on. <laughs> Everybody's like, "What the hell? We're talking about guitars, you dummies." <laughs> uh, where did that start? Boxes. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, 
So boxes. Yeah. So I went to order the boxes and like the price of the boxes themselves, say like I'm ordering 1500 of them, which will last me like a year and a half or something or whatever. Um, it was about $300 more total, but the shipping was more than the total for the boxes, which oh, wow. is probably wow. more than a thousand percent increase. Holy moly. So, so where yeah. do you order those from? Uh, Packland. I use Packland. Okay. Uh, they had, boxes are weird because you know 1500 is a small number in terms of you know a business ordering boxes because people usually get boxes for like pizza boxes which is you get like tens of thousands mm-hmm. something like that but uh yeah these boxes are they're custom size to fit in a mailer box can like conveniently so i don't I use, need to use a lot of a packing material right. just need to use a bit, bit of newspaper i used to have to use more um less environmentally friendly stuff and i didn't like that so i kind of designed it around so i could use more biodegradable stuff Mm -hmm. um but yeah because it's custom size and because it's not a huge number um it's not something a smaller printing business can do easily so i got a local quote and the number was the same as the total for printing and shipping from pack lane which kind of sucks like yeah you know, it's like zero dollars for shipping, but to print it, it's super expensive. Literally twice as much. Yeah. So I, I, got, I hopped on a phone call with Packling today. I scheduled a phone call for today, and I asked them to manually. Like, they said they'd manually get a quote for me because you know it's automatic quoting. But yeah, no, it's crazy. Like I don't know if it's a fuel price thing or what's going on, but uh, yeah, yeah things be like three hundred bucks for shipping for a pallet of boxes like that's taller than I am, uh, but. Yeah, it was something like $2,000. Wow. Oh, for shipping. Wow. Well, this, so you just shared, you know, yes, this is your plight. However, you just shared something that I, I think is a good reminder for people, especially those who are buying and who are, um, you know, collecting or, or, you know, what have you. You know, the prices that are set for a lot of pedals is like, these aren't giant companies. These are guys no different from you know you or i listening who just happen to be making their living or at least part of their living on creating these pedals so they're not getting like massive manufacturing breaks on materials it costs a, it's 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 costing a lot more to make things now oh it absolutely is and i'm trying not to increase prices like i really don't want to right um but but I'm doing kind of it for free isn't, like isn't what you're Trying to do I either. can't say I never will because things are crazy. Like the price increase is crazy. I'm just kind of trying to wait it out and see what the trend is going to be. If things are going to go back down. Yeah. But you know, like it's, yeah, no, that's, it's kind of tough. Yeah. It depends. And availability is another big thing. Like I have been putting in orders for microcontrollers. And so I put in an order about a month or two ago for microcontrollers that will ship in May 2023. Oh my God. Holy mackerel. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I'm paying for them a year well, in advance. Let, let's, you, you have to, because if you wait until then, they're not going to be ready for another year or two. Wow. Let, we're going to dip into that when we actually, you know, talk to you a little bit more at length because you just, you kind of were edging out there towards some of the news that you have. So um, let's, let's check in with Jared and uh, swing by my neck of the woods and then we'll get on with this thing. How about that? Uh, yeah, so the situation at the house is different now than it was in Ohio because my wife now works from home. And when I work from home, 
um, I can't, I can't just plug the guitar in and the amp really loud whenever I want, like I used to in Ohio, because I worked at home in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So when Heather goes, no, Heather goes, my wife, Heather, she goes to the, the gym uh, during her lunch break. She'll go to the YMCA to, you know, exercise or whatever, do the dance class. Um, she doesn't like loud stuff, like loud anything. So I'll put on a record. So so what? I'll, this is my strategy, what I've been doing. I'll put on a record that I think she'll like, and I just play along with that. <laughs> I turn my guitar stuff on, and I just play along with, like I had Millie Vanilli on yesterday, <laughs> that record. And I was playing along with Blame It on the Rain and all the old hits from that era before they knew that the two guys were not really singing. But it's actually a great album if you like the old, old hip, you know, the old uh, pop rock stuff from back in the day. And uh, so I was playing along with that. And when I was done, I put the guitar down. I went downstairs. I played this other side of the album and she walked in just dancing and having a good time. And I'm like, man, it worked. Now I could do loud stuff and she likes it. Now but you it just got to play along with likes. Rain and Blood. No, that's right, Slayer. <laughs> I, I think I think you need to put a little Al Green on. Yeah. How about you, Todd? Well, I had actually I had a lot going on that I was going to talk about, but what I am actually what I switched up to talk about was last night I had a just a fantastic auto audio treat mm. and a visual oh, treat. I yes, know. I went to see one of my absolute favorite bands. Two of them. X. Well, I said one. Okay. Uh, one of them was X. Uh, and they are, I guess, famously known for their song Los Angeles, but have written tons of fantastic songs. Yes. And I've brought this up before, but Billy Zoom, who is the guitar player for X, is, uh, it, it was a huge influence on And me. saxophone player. And saxophone player, yeah. Um, and he had uh, uh, some pretty heavy surgeries and, and, and health issues. So he has to basically sit on a stool most of the show. And he's, he made his sort of, um, his, he's famous for his wide leg stance with his, his sparkle jet and, uh, it is silver Gretchen and, and, uh, and just playing this fantastic guitar. And so now it's, it's like that whole persona is kind of gone. He's still playing up there. And John Doe's, who's the, the bass player is just, you know, kicking tail up there and i've seen him since he's had this and it was he was sitting down and everything the last two songs like all of a sudden he got off his stool and assumed the stance and the place went nuts because everybody was th- that was there it, are fans of x and they know that that's he he doesn't do that really anymore so that was like it was a real treat because i felt like that was his connection with us out here you know he's like I know how important, I know why you're here, you know, and I'm going to give that to you right now. And did, he, he, did he kick the stool? He, he didn't kick the stool, but he nah. stood up there and he went as wide leg as he could and he did his grinning and the whole night. It was, it was great. And it was like, you could real feel, really feel like the, you know, it was a, it was a back and forth love connection right yeah. there with the people in the audience. And, um, and then, and then I got to see the psychedelic furs who I absolutely love. And that was 
that was, you know, I knew it was going to be a good show. I hoped it was, and I should say, I hoped it was going to be a good show because, hey, they've been doing this since the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And Richard Butler, I could not believe how strong his voice was. I, I mean, it, it, he sounded like like the early albums. And and there was like no loss for an over an hour's worth of show. Mm. And he just, he was like jumping up and down and just like, and genuinely thankful, like he, they do the song and they get the big applause back. And he, it was like he was getting it for the first time. It's like mm. you could really feel the joy that that he was experiencing singing these songs for his fans. And nice. I, that was, I, it was just, it was really great to see that because a lot of times, you know, and I'm not knocking bands that are, you know, it's it can be. A, I can only imagine how much of a of a, a grind that can be touring uh, all over, you know, the country. Um, but this seemed like a band that was like ju- it was like the first time on the big stage. Nice. Like that's how they came across, and this, the music was fantastic. Hmm. So this, good. And is, the, is his brother Tim still in the band? Bass yes. Player? Yeah. Yes. Now, the the runaway star of the show, the saxophone guy. Huh. Holy Moses, that guy wailed, wailed. And I can't remember what the the high, is it the high C? Where it's like the absolute highest pitch that you can get on a on a saxophone. Mm-hmm. And he and he was like, he was holding this note and he was high, then he went higher, and then everybody's like screaming, and then he put his hand way above his head and he hit this thing and he just blew everybody away. Finished the song, and then he he drops the sax and he's just like both fists up going like yeah this is a saxophone player yeah but he was killing it nice it was just it was so great to see it it was like that's why you go to a rock and roll show man i loved it nice so thank you to both of those bands because i'm sure they're listening right now oh yes and um and the guitar was fantastic of course so uh anyways that's what happened Uh, that was one of the things that happened in my music world this week hey tony yes todd what do you think uh, if Jared was trying to connect two pedals that he found in his moving uh, e- e- experience, he, did, were, he didn't were, even know that, th- that he didn't even know that they were there. And he was <gasps> like, "Uh oh, how am I going to put these two together? Mm. What would he use? Because he's already got his pedal boards really tight. Yeah, but R- really, see, the tight? thing is." It, it's tight, but he's he's got all these old patch cables on there. What should he do in order to get these new t- these last two pedals? You know on? what I would do if I were Jared. What would you do? I would go over to Tour Gear Designs and check out some of the new flat microscopic cables. Well, well, a little not bit really than that. No, well, not really microscopic, yeah. but you know, I'd like to exaggerate a little bit. But the the ends on these things are very very small. The cable itself is very very flat. Yeah, and it comes in just about any length that you would need and shape. It's got the S shape and yes. the in the uh, the W shape. And just like <laughs> just like Henry Ford, you can get it in any color that you want, so long, long as, as it's black. black. There you go, Jared. Do you like this idea? Will this help you out? You know, it sounds familiar. I think I've done this before. In fact, I did. Oh, all I use. You're all ahead I of use. the game. That's well, it. That's all I if use. you want to be like Jared and get a lot more pedals on your... You can go to TourGearDesigns.com and load up your cart. Load it up. And you're going to be shocked 
at how much money you're not spending. Why? Then, because they're cheap. Oh. But they're fantastic. Right. But then you're going to go in, in the coupon code, you're going to put the guitar knobs and you're going to save 10%. 10%. 10% on your order and they come out real quick. Okay. Be like so Jared. be like Jared. Yes. Be like me. Thank you to Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring our four on the floor. Jared. Let me get a little bit of this. Not you. No, 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 no. Not no, you. No, no. Jared's back. Oh, let me show you how it's done. Okay. Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right, Steve from Demi Dash Effects. What is your new and improved four on the floor? Okay, so this is pedals I'm confused by, um, which is what I've been <laughs> okay. using lately. Cool. Um, basically, trying to like figure out more complicated pedals, and so um, in front of me, I have a red panda tensor, uh-huh. and I have no Wait. idea how it works. Well, you're in good company. I, I know how to use it for like a pitch down effect, uh-huh. but anything beyond that. I just don't know the application. Like I, I get but it can it, do so many things, right? I know, right? I know, but I don't know what the like use case is for any of those things. But you still love it. Well, that's the that's the beauty of it is I'm trying to figure it out, um, because like a lot, it's a popular pedal. People really use it, and I'm just trying to come in and kind of figure out what people love about it essentially yeah like so like for the past few months that's kind of been where my head's at i just want to know why these popular weird pedals are popular i just kind of like want to figure out what what people are doing with them because i come from a musical background that's a bit more straightforward like i really like um like I finger pick guitar a lot, which is very cluttered, so it doesn't work with those ambient effects. I thought you were going to say and, like King Crimson or something. Well, <laughs> I not quite, but like the people that King Crimson and like King Diamond um, influence, like I really like like Megadeth and Metallica. Like I really like the riffing on that kind of stuff. So if I'm plugging in, putting a bit of dirt on that, I'm like you know dense guitar parts. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like interesting to try to you know push myself to learn to be a bit more ambient to leave more space and let maybe an effect fill that up with something like you know a tape going in reverse as the tensor will do so that's been kind of an exercise interesting yeah. have you hit like the uh the boards like the reddit or the discord or anything like that to find to to talk to people or are you how are you how are you going about your research um mainly just trying things out and occasionally watching a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. I really like Mark Johnson's videos. They're a bit long, but he makes decent sounding music with these very weird pedals. What I found is that a lot of the music that's like, if you go on YouTube, it's very experimental sounding, which isn't really my jam. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Mark Johnson makes like music that, like to my ear sounds like melodic semi-composed music, uh, which I, I really dig with these weird effects. So that that's kind of like an interesting intersection. Cool. Cool. Yeah. How about number two? Um, the Habit by Chase Bliss. Okay. And this thing drives me crazy <laughs> because 
it's such a good pedal, but it's so meant for something that I am not acquainted with. Like it's very much for experimental, non-composed music and inspiration. For those that don't know what the habit is, what is the core uh, function of the habit? So it's a delay pedal, but it also has a three-minute memory in it. So it records what you're playing. It does your your delay echo thing. And then you can use its controls to do any number of things with that three-minute memory from having it loop back around like a sound-on-sound thing to just having it randomly playback snippets while you're playing. And, like, the use case of that, I don't get. But, right. like, there is a use case for it, which is the thing. So I'm trying to learn these things. Um, and I find it very frustrating, but like in a challenging sort of way where you're kind of trying to expand what you're able to do. So I, I, I like that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Number three. Yeah. Number three. Let's see. Uh, we're going to go back to Red Panda with the particle. And it's like a granular delay. So what that means is it chops up your playback and rearranges it and spits it out. So it's delaying your signal, but also rearranging it. And it does that in a number of ways with a few pitch shifting options. And again, this is one of those things where the use case is, you know, hard to find for me. Okay, okay. But it's interesting. It's interesting. Can I ask you, are you, as you're using these pedals, is it, uh, and if this is leading us into anything, is is it... uh, for fun or is it for research? Uh, a bit of both. Okay. Okay. Just kind of trying to expand my musical horizons, trying to get back into playing. I've been not really playing a lot for the past few years. Uh-huh. Um, been more consumed by just building and designing. And I kind of want to get back into a creative headspace. Um, right. So I'm trying to just try new things because I found, so what I found was I'm getting back to our, like I signed up for a few lessons. So I go every couple of weeks and uh, there's a local guy. He's really cool. Uh, and we kind of hang out and he shows me a few things and kind of work on, you know, stuff like my weak points. Um, but I found as I'm getting back into guitar, with, like my high point of playing guitar was like playing metal and kind of shredding and stuff. Uh-huh. And I find myself gravitating towards that place. And I kind of want to avoid just going straight back into that. It's so easy to do that. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm trying to use these like devices and learn about them that won't to go in a play different like direction like, like to get to a point where i'm just as skilled as i was when i practiced all the time and played metal but you know with a broader more round musical aptitude i guess right interesting uh how about number four number four Ooh, i guess the zoya oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> i remember um, that one <laughs> this one's just on my board and it blinks and it's really pretty and i'm just scared of it, it yeah well <laughs> hey I, I can't tell you how good that makes me feel because you you know you you created um a highly functional and and i won't i won't say complex to the to in a in a uh negative way um but your you know that your t120 is i mean it's it's one of those pedals is like that is uh a uh you know a pedal that is not so simple i have like a very defined approach to ui i think it needs to be a certain way that i don't think would let me design something like the zoya 
even I mean, not saying that I have the aptitude. This is a crazy pedal. But yeah. um, my approach to UI is more like if you just get, get the pedal out of the box, you should be able to put the knobs anywhere and it should sound good. And there, sh- there should be enough in there to keep you learning for a good while. Like you shouldn't be able to figure it out all in one day. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it shouldn't be confusing. You should it, there should be like a massive depth without the intimidation factor. Mm-hmm. You should be able to just set and forget if you want to, but mm-hmm. you should also be able to continue learning and finding new things. Well, and the point of the Zoya is that you're essentially, I mean, to a certain degree, creating your own effects in a yes. bank of effects. So it is quite literally the polar opposite of what most of us buy pedals to do. Absolutely. Um, and that's why it was, it were, <laughs> we, boy, that was, that was one thing to make us feel like, wow, we're idiots. <laughs> Very humbling experience. Yeah, it truly is. So well, if you are out there like and, like- you, and you get it and you understand how to use it, holy moly, hats off to you. I feel like the Zoya is like a marketable thought experiment. Yeah. Like they were like, I, from, you know, I might be wrong about this, but I believe they said they just gotten off of designing a really intricate MIDI interface. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve was thinking, well, what if like, we just had like different sections that just talk to each other in MIDI and just kind of like, you know, put them together and let people link them however they wanted. And so it just seems like, a really cool experiment that turned out really nicely. And even just like the, the UI, I wouldn't call it intuitive, but it is absolutely beautiful. It, yeah, it is no doubt. And, and I mean, it's, it is a, a bit of a marvel. Um, and it just is, but it's a marble that eludes myself and, yes. and Tony and Jared. I, I, I prefer to think of it as a Rubik's cube in a pedal. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yes. A Rubik's cube that you can't see the colors on with with no YouTube with, and, and you're solving doing, and you're abilities. doing it with with oven mitts on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with someone else's hands <laughs> using yes. a MIDI interface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, well, that's cool. I appreciate you sharing. That's a that's an interesting take on a four on a floor, I'm, and I'm glad that you did that with us. Um, as we're going to start talking about you, the, this is, by the way, everybody, this is the interview part of the show. Um, we're going to talk to Steve about the things that he's been up to, which um, I did have a precursor call with him uh, to determine, hey, you know, what do we want to do on the show? And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. Um, before we totally get into that, you mentioned YouTube and who you um, well, you know, at least one person that you said, I really enjoy this. I'm curious, um, because I, I think that's one of the neat things. Like we, we all get influences from different things. We all gravitate towards different styles of, uh, uh of communication or teaching or tips and tricks or, or, you know, inspiration or whatever. Um, so I'm just curious, uh, so are you getting, uh, I guess, musical inspiration, um, you know, you mentioned uh, Mark Johnson specifically. Are there any any others, not necessarily from YouTube or anything, that uh, are doing that for you right now? Um, or any I bands? really like, and oh, um, I always put the S in the wrong place on her name. 
uh, Jenny Owens Young or Jenny Owen Youngs. I, I, I can't remember where the S goes, but like she's a great musician and um, I wasn't actually aware of her. She bought a pedal for me in 2019. Hmm. And it was the first time I'd heard of her. Then I was like, "Oh, she's got a blue check mark or white check mark, whatever it is on Instagram." And I looked into her, I was like, "I really, I really like her music." So, like, no, it's cool listening to that. Um, yeah, no, it's just like the stuff here and there. I don't know. Um, okay. Well, I'm yeah. not going to force the issue. Just curious if there was anything. Specific I'm very, out I'm there. very weird. Like, I listen to a lot of stuff, but like very surface level. Sure. Like I, I really like like klezmer, like gypsy, gypsy kind of swing jazz stuff. Mm, yeah, that's great I, stuff. But you know, so it's a, a little bit of everything. I've been listening to. Um, I've been trying to learn a Megadeth solo recently. Oh my! Uh, the Lucretia solo, like Marty oh, Friedman. Lucretia's mm. fantastic. Marty Friedman. Yeah. Oh, the guy's a beast. Yeah. And so, like for the past week, I've been doing it like you know, fifty BPM. It's like I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. Like all the weird phrasing. Yeah, I've got it down. And then I listened to the song today for the first time in like a week, and like this is comically fast. I'll never be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And he he does that weird like upside down hand picking thing. Oh, I'm not even aware of that. I'm just like yeah, really impressed by well, his you know, like mo articulation. Most people are well, Vernon the, the same way that Vernon Reed played with mm. his with his hand kind of inverted. Um, so where the, the fingers are, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's upstroke, but he's still. It looks like you're doing upstrokes, but he's doing downstrokes in that same position. Wow. So it's like this. Most of us have our hand sort of um, parallel with the strings and and his his is twisted like if you turn the key put your hand and everybody follow along put your hand in your picking position mm -hmm. now turn the key so it's locked mm -hmm. and that's the hand position that he, marty friedman and uh, vernon reed both playing hmm. like, like picking yeah interesting so he's hitting with the side of the pick well their hand is just twisted so that the, it's almost like the pick is pointing straight up it's That's it's weird. bizarre. Check it out if you're if you're like Novak, you're a bozo. What are you talking about? Go watch and you'll see, and you'll be and you know maybe I didn't describe it perfectly, but I think it did a pretty good job, Tony. I agree. Okay, thanks. Uh, anyways, well, Steve, so you have you know on the uh, I guess on the on the tail of creating some some pretty fantastic pedals that got an awful lot of coverage and uh hoopla and all that business and i'm pretty sure you did pretty well as far as like you know getting them moved out the door um you surely must be working on some some new things um which we we kind of talked about a little bit um and what can you share with us okay well i feel like i'm kind of like an open book about this stuff um Maybe more than I should be. I don't know, because like you don't see companies like talking about this stuff, but I don't really care. So it's like, yeah, no, whatever. So what I'm working on is I've got five projects on the go. Um, three of them are not guaranteed to ever see the light of day. <laughs> but two like two of them are That was very kind of, hard for me to contain. I had a mouthful of bubbly water. <laughs> very okay. close. Very, so, like, I, almost I don't destroyed mind talking my about mic. This stuff, but, <laughs> I don't mind talking about this stuff, but I will be clear that this, like, all this is subject to change, and I might decide I don't really care enough to actually bring this to market. Okay. Um, but uh, so one of them that I will definitely bring to market, because I've kind of teased it since 
like 2018 or something. It was like the, this tram I've been working on. Uh, it's I've called it the, the retro harmonic. It's a stereo harmonic tram with kind of an, just an interesting approach to the modulation. Uh, I've I really like the name liked... by the way, retro harmonic. That's cool. Yeah, I, I don't so know why I, it just kind of is. Yeah, no, I kind of landed on that. I kind of wanted something that sounded like a because like you know harmonic harmonic tram, but it also kind of sounds like a concert hall. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I think what I'm going to do is like I want because I really like how it sounds. I'm going to going to release both a mono and stereo version because my Ooh. fear is that with the stereo version only. It'll be a niche thing mm-hmm. that'll be kind of hard to like manufacture and fund because I'm not a huge company. Like my my market share isn't huge. Um, it's gonna be tough to like fund this really expensive to make pedal and then count on like selling a ton of them when it's gonna be kind of expensive to buy. Made to order, maybe, huh? <sighs> that the thing is. <laughs> That's kind of thing you can't make to order. You have to try to predict the number of sales because you have to get it manufactured. There's no way I, like I can hand populate all the components on. Like it's just too complex. But so that said, like I want to because it sounds so good. Um, I figured the like stereo version can be kind of a niche thing. Maybe I can do like fifty a year. And that that'll be cool, but like it sounds so good that I can do the mono one and try to price that like reasonably. I don't want it to be the best sounding; it is the best sounding one. I want it to be in the same price range because then it will be the best sounding one in the same price range. It already is the best sounding one. Um, the trick is just like getting it out there and getting people to know about it. You know, it's well, we're it's doing that right now. So step one ever taken. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm like I'm not like an egotistical person at all. This is just literally like the best sounding trim I've ever heard. So awesome. Well, yeah. I look forward to hearing that myself. Um, you know, just saying. Um, yeah, and then so that's uh, like the trim. So that's like the two projects. That's and really cool. Because well, um, can, can, because let me ask you really quick before you get to the next thing. The um, the you know you talked about doing a stereo and a mono. Um, can can you do you think there's a opportunity to work out where that functionality lies with the user so you build in the the possibility to either go stereo or mono based on uh the controls in the pedal or how well you... one will they'll be entirely different pedals like one will be okay. in like the normal size i make pedals in and you know, the 125B kind of slim, the Chase Plus size. And then one will be more like the wider, um, kind of like the gotcha. Electro Audio Experiments, like Hypersleep or... the Yeah, I'm not really sure of a lot of pedals in that size, but kind of the wider size, like the original generation losses. Right. You know, it's just because there's literally twice as many components because it's an analog thing. There's twice as many things. Um, so, yeah, there are... And they'll have like completely different designs on them, but they'll essentially have the same controls. I think the main thing is that one will be able to pan, and one won't. Oh, so that's cool. Yeah, I'll just so the controls on these like it's interesting because I have it designed so it's it can work as a trim or as a harmonic trim. You kind of have the ability to sweep the control that changes where the LFO goes for the treble and the bass. Uh-huh. So if you have them both in the same like spot, they're going together and just your audio goes up and down and up and down. 
if you kind of move that knob over, the uh, the treble LFO is offset from it. So the bass goes up and down, and the treble goes up and down. Right. And you can put that like completely out of phase. You'll get your normal harmonic drum sound. But if you put it in a different place, it kind of sounds like a weird, like hump, like bass and treble, bass and treble, bass and treble. It's a little bit offset. So that's interesting. And then you can also have it, um, the emphasis control will let you like change the amount of depth applied to either channel. So you can have the bass just at a constant volume, but then the treble being modulated or you know, vice versa. That's cool. You can change like which one peaks higher. Okay, so like if the bass is too loud, you turn like down the tone and it kind of like suppresses how that LFO is peaking. So it doesn't get as loud in volume. So that's just really useful. Right. Same like with trouble. If your trouble's too like it's kind of overtaking your signal. And then you can implement polyrhythms. This is the thing. It's be beautiful because it's a digitally controlled analog effect. Well, let me ask you really quickly. You just said two things that I want to make sure that, you know, we, we get, we have listeners of a, a wide range of understanding. You said LFO a few times. Could you just explain uh, just very briefly what, what an LFO is and means? It's a low frequency oscillator. So in any chorus or any trim, you have a like that up, down, up, down, either like pitch up, pitch down, pitch up, pitch down, or like volume in, volume out, volume in, volume out, uh -huh. those kind of effects. Okay. So that's like a low frequency oscillator. Gotcha, gotcha. And then you said uh, polyrhythms. Why don't you explain that so really? So polyrhythms, good. like, so can I demonstrate this? I've got a prototype on my thing. Um, yeah, you can. Go ahead. Yeah, so... Okay, so this one's like a little bit noisy, but okay, so this is that's just normal. Okay, so that... okay, that's just a normal trim. So the both of the LFOs are overlapping, but I'm gonna put them in a polyrhythm. So you can hear there's kind of two rhythms going on there. Right, right, yeah. So now that we've heard the polyrhythm, can you tell us what that is just in layman's terms? So the treble is going at a different rate than the bass. There's going to be 11 different settings and their ratios. So every time, say, the bass does two up-down motions, the treble does three in the same amount of time. That's really cool. And, and then uh, as they both complete, they meet up and they both drop at the same time. So you get these overlaid rhythms that don't necessarily line up to 4-4, four, four, but they... They, they just create really interesting patterns to the ear. Right. And the great thing about the stereo version is you can pan uh, them so they're lining up in different places on both ears, and it creates this amazing surround sound mm. like effect that I've never heard anywhere else. That sounds fantastic. And, you know, just from a, uh, uh, I guess, a usability state, you now one might say, well, I can't, I, I'm not going to play a whole song like that, or I'm not going to play a lead with like that, or maybe you will, I don't know. But it it feels like that's something that it, you're going to use to sort of color the the background of what's going on 
um, that it would be very effective to do that, to give a lot of dynamic to something that doesn't have to be like out front. You may not even know what's recognize what exactly is happening, but you may hear the total sound of all the instruments playing together and go like, wow, this is doing something and I can't put my finger on it. Oh, absolutely. This is, I think that's the very whole philosophy of like a lot of knobs that you can set and forget and find some really interesting sounds in there. You, you know what that actually reminds me of. And one of the ways that I was going to describe, so I talked about the psychedelic first last night and we were on the way home and I was asking, I brought my girls to, to, to go see it and everything. And they loved it. And I said, tell me what you loved about it, all that stuff. And we got to talking about, um, cause I was trying to lead, I was leading the witnesses. <laughs> and I said, one of the great things about them is that it is not, here's the guitar, here's the bass, here's the, it's like, it is acting very much as one except for maybe the, the, the saxophone, which is, is almost like the lead instrument, really. Um, but you're, it's, they're not like guitar band. They're not, it's not led by that, but they're all working together. So you can't really put your finger on who's leading who or what is, is there even a riff? And when I was watching, um, when I was watching, you know, the, the guitar, I was just like, trying to paint, trying to pick out like what's going on. And he was really sort of creating more textures than, you know, more so than like, Hey, I'm going to do the lead or the riff or the, you know, the rhythm or anything like that. And it, it I just really appreciated that because that's, that is difficult to do. That's, it, it takes a lot of editing to not have somebody out there leading the dance. You know what I mean? So was he really pretty in pink? Well, I can't speak for, whether he is pretty in pink or not, um, he's a you know pretty good looking guy. I will give him that. Uh, Rich Good is the guitar player for Psychedelic First, but so he was playing this. Um, uh, speaking of pink, he was playing a uh, jazz master that was shell pink, um, that was revealing a little bit of sunburst underneath the shell pink, mm. and also had a reverse headstock, small, like a small strat style reverse headstock. Mm. It was it was an interesting guitar. Well, I wonder if he was like used to playing uh, like a Firebird or something. Uh, he had a black one. Ah. He came out with a black Firebird, um, which I was I think that had that had that had banjo tuners on it though. Ah, banjo. Yeah. Uh, anyways, oh, oh, he also had a, a, a really nice Guild Starfire. That was really cool. That's nice. I like those. Can't beat a Guild Starfire. Yep. Anyhow, um, well, massive diversion, but uh, the point is. Atmospheric music. So back to you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about uh, your your trim and how it's creating all of these, you know, uh, the ability to create more sounds that are in the trim capabilities that don't just sound like a normal trim. Yeah, I really like approaching things without adding. Hmm, I don't know how to articulate this. I really like approaching an effect that exists already without adding a secondary effect to it, but kind of implementing the thing that's already there differently. Right. So say there's already a trem that has like an LFO. That's like a very old thing. There's thousands of them. Mm -hmm. But implementing that LFO with all these like neat ideas on how to um, control how it behaves. That, that I really like doing things like that. 
Like that, that really piques my interest. Um, yeah, uh, I, that's kind of what I did with the chorus. I did, you know, kind of all the elements of a normal chorus are there, but the ways in which those elements can be controlled and they behave are different. Right. So yeah, it's kind of a similar approach. Interesting. So what else is cooking? So I've got, there's this old synth called the Salina. And the what? what it did was, it was called the Salina. And it was before... Salina? Salina. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. I may be wrong. Sal I've only ever seen it written down. Salina. Salina. Um, and it was an analog synth, and it had this chorus ensemble, like string ensemble mode. And how it did that to make it sound like it was like an ensemble of strings was to have three very short delay lines in parallel and modulate them out of sequence with one another. So they're all like separated by 120, 120 degrees. Uh, so one would go up, the next would go up, the next would go up, and they're all evenly spaced. And so it was, wasn't quite a motionless sound. Um, they had kind of two, like a faster LFO overlaid on a slower one. So it wasn't quite like dimensionless or like, Dimension C motionless, but it just sounds huge and it just sounds really nice. And so I've kind of been on this, you know, low key mission to try to like miniaturize this thing for a couple of years now. And, yeah, you know, getting closer and closer, uh, I kind of had an interesting thought on how to actually wrap it up into, you know, a product, which was to not only have the Salina mode, which is the tri-chorus thing, but to sort of vary the output of each of the three lines. So you can do a rising sound. So it sounds like the it's infinitely rising. You fade it out as it goes down, and then it go, starts going up. You fade it in. And with that kind of volumetric control, you can have things like you just mute one, and then you can do the Dimension C chorus. Because it's a digitally generated LFO, you can you know, control these things pretty easily. Um, or you can just have a single chorus or, or whatever. So it's really neat. Like, I really, I really like that. I'm just kind of getting it to a point where it's a unit I'd enjoy having on my board. I, I don't quite how I'd have it there yet, but I'm kind of getting it there. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a really, really nice, like, graphical concept for it that I'm kind of excited about, but... You know, it, it needs it needs to get there sound wise to be something I enjoy having on my board before I'm interested in actually putting it out. And how how long do you how far away do you think these are? This one? Oh, I've this one. Okay, so the the tram thing. I'm hoping for early next year. Uh, Ooh, for cool. the Salina thing, that is a matter of when I'm happy with it, and I'm not happy with it right now. So. You know. <laughs> Well, that'll it, keep you yeah. busy anyways. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I find the best way to not release something bad is to just let things stew and sit on them if you're not happy with them. Because you tend to come up with an idea out of the blue later when you're not thinking about it. Like yeah. that really inspires you to try something new. And then if that thing works, you kind of get a, like a new a second win for it. And that brings it to somewhere you like. Trying to force something, in my experience, yeah, doesn't lead to the best possible outcome. Yeah, 
Well, and who knows? You might get yourself out of the the uh, supply chain jam. You know. Well, yeah, we're all hoping. We're all hoping. It's been an interesting um, experience. Uh, so, I've got like I'm dating this girl who lives in Montreal. So we kind of trade cities every month. Uh, and so every time I go out to Montreal, like I hang out with uh, Scott Monk from Montreal Assembly. Oh yeah, and, and just on the show. <laughs> oh, I'll have to yeah. listen to that. We just yeah, released no, no. it. Yeah, yeah, we hang out pretty regularly. And his whole, he's got this whole ordeal with trying to track down microcontrollers. That's really funny to listen to. He's a just, he's a hilarious person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. I haven't listened to the episode, so I don't know how he comes across. But like, he's just like the funniest person. Yeah, he was. He was a great dude. Uh, we're really happy to have him on. Um, and uh, yeah, please go. And if you and if you're listening, you're like, what? I haven't heard that episode. It's the one right before this, so that should be easy. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. You know, to, you know, I think I think he was telling me about that when back I was saying back Canadians. Nice. Yeah, it's like a Canadian tuxedo right there. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, like, I have like very little overlap, but otherwise, like I love doing something like collaborative with them. Yeah, uh, we are going to be rounding third here pretty soon. Uh, uh, what's the uh, one of the last things that you were, were uh, got cooking? Okay, so just like okay, hold on to your seats. Tap tempo overdrive. Okay. <laughs> So my idea was like to put an LFO in the back end of an overdrive or a fuzz and then have all of four mod, you know, four parameters be modulatable. So you can modulate all four of them. And you have this like LFO going on the background that can sweep them up and down uh, if you choose. And then you can change multipliers uh, to the rate. So you can have, say, you know, kind of what I was talking about with the polyrhythms on the tram. You can have but you select the multiplier on each uh, parameter. So like drive, bass, treble, volume. Oof, that's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah, so you can like create these weird, weird patterns. Um, and so with the Chase Plus stuff, they've got the dip switches, which are a great way to implement parameters, but aren't a great interface, in my opinion. Um, they're, they're very confusing to a lot of people, and I think a lot of people just don't, don't end up using them, which is not to slag on the, you know, the implementation itself, because it's brilliant. Right. Um, so, like, my kind of drive was to find a different way to modulate parameters. And so what I came up with was this way of putting, like, a second dial, like a little control under each. So you've got, like, the bass, treble, drive, volume. Uh -huh. And then you've got a second control under each. And so in center position that control does not move. It does not modulate. But if you start like moving it downwards, it like the, the master LFO causes it to ramp downwards with the LFO. Um, and so it's not just ramping all the way, it's just ramping a little bit. And how much you turn that dial dictates how far it ramps. So you can have it ramp all the way down or you can have it just like wiggle. A little bit same like you turn it up it right. goes upwards as the LFO goes up and then you plug in it sounds like pedal. a shoegaze dream right there man sounds like what a shoegaze dream oh absolutely it's just a really fun concept like it's kind of one of those like yeah yeah well, this would be cool like if you did this and yeah no it, it is really cool I did it as I did a very like 
simple version of this as a secret Santa thing in my Discord pedal builders group mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And <laughs> yeah, the, the guy really liked it. That's awesome. So, yeah. That sounds really, really intriguing. Yeah, I know. It was really fun. So it really comes down to whether or not, like, when I get my current concept prototyped, it's like, if I think, this is kind of dumb, if I, then I won't go ahead with it. But No, if I'm do like, it. Do it. Really cool. Do it. Don't yeah, listen to it, your inner voice. Do it. Listen to my voice. I never voice. know <laughs> until I actually hear it. This is why things take me so long. because, like, I have these crazy ideas, but until I actually hear it, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it's cool. Like, it's a cool idea. I don't know if it something i'd want to use or if it would just make me mad make me want to not use it well maybe maybe i'm not gonna say more importantly but at least parallelly importantly if if someone else likes it that's cool too what i found is like if i don't like it i'm not gonna push it and if i don't push it nobody's gonna hear about it that's fair yeah that's fair that, that could make some of us sad but that's fair i understand <laughs> Well, you won't be sad if you don't know, and if I don't like it, you won't. Yeah, but now so. we do. You you said it. It's it's out there in the ether. So oh, I said the quiet part out loud. Yeah, you're right. Yes. So we'll be expecting that. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, Steve, thanks so much for sharing your hopes and dreams and all the things that you're working on. They sound very fantastic. I can't wait for them to be um, out there for the rest of us to uh, to check out. Um, <laughs> Uh, on a less sad note than that was, we're going to swing by Jared's house right now because he's got something special for us. That's right. And it's good to see you brought the old El Camino. Yes, indeed. Yes, it is. Just put new yes. tires on it, you know. That's right. New, new, uh, new treads. So it's time for our nice, friendly game of Would You Rather. So this week's Would You Rather, it's... It's very interesting, and of course you have two choices, and you must choose between the two, because that's what Would You Rather is, and that's yes. why we like it so much. Mm -hmm. You have to choose one or the other. So, let me give you this scenario. Uh -huh. Is it very interesting? It is. So, and popular. you've got, yeah, you're going to love it. So, <laughs> you're, all four of us are in high demand we're professional musicians okay and mm. we were like pino paladino we were the guys you know you you gotta have you gotta have us in the band if one of the original member dies you know like the who has pino paladino and all that other thing guns for hire guns for hire that's right okay so we're okay. at we're, we're at we have a choice a or b a gig number one um Gig number one is you're going to play with the who. Who? You're going to play with the who. Who? And the who. Who? Okay, Tony. The who. Uh. You're going to play with the who. But unfortunately, because you're running late, they have a different uh, catering option for you. <laughs> Wait, is they that have unfortunate <laughs> for us or unfortunate for somebody else that might be here? Just nothing but beans. Yeah. Okay. So... The catering choice is either turned that fish that's about to turn. Um, actually, that's it. That's the only catered choice you have. <laughs> what, is, it's just, what is going on? Pino you have Paladino, to eat right? rotten fish. You, you have to eat food. Or choice number two. The big gig is with 
a band that you don't really know and the catering is like shrimp and lobster and it's fresh and it's awesome uh it's done by the best caters in town but you know you're not going to get paid all that much and because you, you know it's just it's like a real small it's not it's not it's not as much so would you rather go to the gig and play with the who and and gamble on your dinner or eat a luxurious dinner and just play a you know a mediocre you know kind of thing that's not the who well let me ask you this is there an option not to eat the food no you must you have to eat the food you have to that's the thing that's the would you rather it's based on eating gambling on a crappy food that might make you have diarrhea on stage it, it's, so it's not guaranteed it might make you there's a chance it might. there's a chance or or it's a loctite guarantee that you're going to be fine and play with the band of nobodies that nobody knows who they are hmm okay i think i'm gonna wear brown pants and <laughs> go with the rotten fish and play with the who <laughs> you're brave <laughs> sorry it took so long to explain that would you rather but i it, thought it was okay. a really good one it's okay uh yeah it's well okay. tony you love the who so yeah, i do i do i yeah. do love the two uh, okay, uh, so you got, you're going with option A. I'm who, going with option B and the questionable with the potential food. diarrhea and possible food. Okay, questionable food. All right. Uh, how about Jared? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to gamble and play with the Who. I'm going to take the risk that I'll either crap myself on stage <laughs> or throw up on stage or. And if it happens later after the gig, then it doesn't matter. Who cares? You got to play with the who. Who? Stop. That's right. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Fair play. Steve, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to play with nobodies. I'd have a much better time. Gotcha. Right. I used to have this like I used to have this nightmare where I was playing Rain and Blood on stage with Slayer, but I like wasn't beyond my actual abilities to play it so i could only play it at like the current speed i could play it and so i was just like guys guys slow down guys giving you like this glare yeah you, you, you want to know something really funny um it, it, yeah th those who are familiar with slayer carrie king is sort of like a, uh, this literally like a beast on stage right oh, yeah. um i actually um i've actually ran into him a couple times uh, out in the wild, but in uh, in Orange County, uh, where I was, where I grew up, uh, the uh, we were at Dave and Buster's, and <laughs> I'm walking, and I see this, <laughs> I see, I see from far away. I'm like, I think that's Carrie King, and I'm walking right at him, and he's I got his wraparound sunglasses. So I couldn't tell where he was looking, and he didn't look like he really was a into being there and certainly did not want to be recognized and be bothered whilst and at the same time he was there so i just kind of walked right at him and i just kind of gave him a little nod and uh and he just 
you know, just the barest of nods. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, Dave and Buster's, you know, metal metal god. Yes. Um, probably, probably playing skee ball or something. Uh, no, he's just sitting there with his arms folded. He uh, must have been waiting for somebody. But anyways, um, okay. So the uh, yeah, you're you're doing that route, um, and I think that this should be called the Who or the Who. Who? Because it's the Who. Yes. Or the Who. With a question mark, because we don't know who they are. Uh, but they have good food. We should have set that up at the beginning. Um, oh, well. I'm going the with, the guest I'm going with um, the who question mark, uh, as we don't know. They're, they're, an, they're a relatively unknown band. But you know what I like about them? Right. They've got money enough for really good food. Yes. So I'm going with them, because I do not want my legacy. Having had food poisoning from meat and fish uh, many times, mm. I don't want many anything times. to do with that. Many times. Many times. Yeah. Really? Yes. And yeah, the guess who is pretty awesome, too, but, you know, they definitely did not fall in the band of nobody, so I couldn't use the guess who against the who. No. How about Buckman Turner Hello. Overdrive? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Okay. Uh, hey, Tony, we need to thank a few people. Well, Todd, we might want to thank a few people. Yes, we you need to. Me. We need to we thank them. We want to. That's right. You know, Todd, at this point of the show, there's a special group of people that we love to thank. These That's are right. our executive producers. Our yep. executive producers make this show possible. We love you. Now, if you want to find, figure out how to become... How to make this show possible? Go over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a That's couple right. different levels in which you can participate, become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Yep. Each level comes with some very, very nice thank you gifts and giveaways. Did we mention giveaways? Oh, Got new ones coming up. New giveaways coming oh. up. Yeah, it rhymes with two, it rhymes with Ur Ur beer. Your beer. Your Ur beer. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uber really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Canadian Uber pronunciation. Beer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in addition to all the great stuff, there's some wonderful things and the giveaways. Yeah. That's true. There's one thing more. Todd, what is that? You get to have the name on the thing. No, 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 no. You get to have your name read on the thing. Yes. Thank you for that correction because <laughs> if it was have your name on the thing I wouldn't read them right now but I'm going to read them just like this so special thanks <laughs> to these executive producers Moon Guitars Vader and Pedals Drew Lopez John Helverson Rick Calhoun Trevor Gunberg Elad Mizrahi Mike D Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Estelle, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Sanchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, John Anglin, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk from Wonderful Audio technology. What? David Poe. Don Kloss. Gregory Randall. Brett Hogarth. Eric Hammer. George. Oh, 
Stuart George, not George Stewart, Stuart George, all the way from Wales. But Todd, stop interrupting me. (laughs) (laughs) Ruffle and bustle. Because there's another special group of executive producers. These are the creme de la creme. We call them our grand poobas. They get all the neat stuff and then some. And and, and and actually, they have a fez that they wear upon their heads. And they have to wear it while listening to the podcast. So. Yeah. Uh, I hope everyone has their uh, fez on. While sitting in a vat of orange jello. Orange jello. Ooh. That sounds like right. uh, it might be a nice summer treat. So special, special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups. That's right. Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch. Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, uh, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik from 12th Hour Devices, TikTok, your clock is running, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. S. And Eddie Serratos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed. All of you are so important to us. Truly, thank you so much. Um, And yes, we've got more giveaways. And by the way, if you've got gear that you want to get in people's hands just because you you feel like it's a nice thing to do, yep. please uh, give us a holler and we will make that happen for and you. And if okay? you've got stickers and things and pics and other yeah. promotional items that you want to go out to the people that We want to put that in the box that, that go us. out to the people that are signing up. Let's do it. All right. Uh, we need to say a ginormous thanks to Steve Demidash. So thanks ginormously, Steve. Steve! Oh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> you barely squeaked that one out. <laughs> yeah. Todd, I was wondering where could people go to find things about Demodash products? Well, let me tell you. As they soon as I hell. ask Steve here, Steve, where can people find you? That's they right. can go to hell. No, um, <laughs> they 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 can look up my name online. I mean, it's a pretty unique name, so. Yeah. yeah, I've got I've got a website and everything. Website, Instagram, the whole nine yards. Yeah, yeah. Demodasheffects.com. It's D-E-M-E-D-A-S-H. Perfect. Sweet. Effects, like the word, dot com, like a website. Yeah. <laughs> and if you type that into an internet browser, it 90% of the time will take you to my site, and the other 10% of the time you probably spelled it wrong. Uh, <laughs> try again all right uh tony where can people find you yeah just head over to pickguardian.com check out some of the things that i do that i have available for sale what i do mostly though is custom work so shoot me an email let me know what you need what you're trying to do and i will take good care of you pickguardian.com fantastic and jared find me on the instagram jared.allen.brandon and ask me stuff if you'd like. Thank you. 
Perfect. You can send an, an email to me, Todd at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me uh, on Instagram at guitarnobs. And uh, if it's uh, addressed to uh, any of the other fellas uh, or all of us, I definitely share everything. We would love to hear from you, what's going on in your music world, what you like or even hate about the show. And uh, also your would you rathers, please send those our way. Yes. We've got fantastic guests coming up for you in the next several weeks. I'm very excited about our roster. Thank you so much to uh, all of you who are continuing to listen. And if you're brand new, thank you for your brand new listenership. We're going to say a final thank you to Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. And uh, have a fantastic guitar weekend. Subscribe. Oh, yeah. Yes, Uncle Bologna. Answer me when I talk to you. Yes, Uncle Bologna. Yeah, yeah, it's an art, not a science, though. So yes, yeah, we'll see. Except, except with some science. So <laughs> yeah, there's some science there, actually. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Steve. I don't think. Okay. Todd is the microphone cop of the podcast. Mic cop. Yeah. How's this? How's this? That's actually worse. Fantastic. <laughs> Steve. Montreal Assembly. Oh, hey, man. Heather wanted to get a trash can. Wow. Oh. Down here. Save, no, no, save that for the podcast. Yeah, that's very exciting. <laughs> Actually, Steve. In my mind, as soon as you start talking to it, into it, you sound like Ira Glass. <laughs> yeah. I love it. This hour on picture frames, we're going to discuss picture frames. <laughs> All kinds. <laughs> Square ones, rectangulars, <laughs> with glass, yes. without glass. I have a circular one. But two. All of them tell the story. Of the picture. Of the picture. And the frame. And the frame. Let's <laughs> dig in. All right. <laughs> Jared's about ready to punch his own neck. <laughs> Steve. Either you or Steve are clicking something. Either you're clipping your time. I am clicking on purpose to see if you would get it. Like, we here we say both route and root. Steve, you're back. I'm back. You're front, too. <laughs> yeah. Steve. I just want to be Jared Brandon. I mean, I'll be Jared Brandon twice like I always am. That's fine. <laughs> Steve, how does all of this relate to picture frames? I don't know. I've lost. I, I've got. I just got fired from NPR. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.